Know thy neighbor. If you're new to this podcast, I'm Heather Kelt Scott. Along with my mother-in-law, journalist, and fellow Cranberry resident, Gail Scott, we're interviewing people in Cranberry and sharing those conversations with anyone who wants to learn about their neighbors. This episode is part one of our conversation with 92-year-old artist, Charlie Amons, who has so many stories that we're putting out the interview in two episodes. Coming up in this episode, you'll hear his stories about being a television show scenic artist in the earliest days of TV, and moving ahead a couple of decades to memories from the earliest days working on Saturday Night Live. This is our conversation, part one, with Charlie Amond. So how long have you lived in Cranberry? Since 1962. And what brought you here? George Stave. And who is George Stave? George Stave is a very fine artist mm-hmm. who lives in, on, uh, on the lake. Okay, and Brainerd, yeah. Brainerd Road, right. And uh, and his wife is Model Bay. Do you know Model Bay? Know the name, right. Model Bay Stave. And uh, and the first time I came here was about in the 1950s. 1950s, when I took, just before I was married, George, George just got married to Model Bay. And his best friend here was Don Armstrong. I don't know if you remember Don Armstrong. Do you yes. Remember Don? And and I drove them out here at that time to, to meet with the Don Armstrong. And that was the first time I saw this beautiful town. What impressed you about the town the first time you saw it? A lot of things about it. It's, it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful houses and the old school and things like that. And, and we were... My wife and I and Don Armstrong and, and Marvel Bay and a lot of other people who were called the Crazy Nine. Why is that? Because we saved the old school. They wanted to tear the, the school board wanted to tear the old school down to make a parking lot. Which was, was when I think of it, it's so stupid. <laughs> I can't believe that they didn't want to do it, but they did. But we stopped it. We, we repaired the whole school. Don, Don Armstrong really led it, but, but he helped us and we all were painting walls and plastering walls and stuff like that and my wife became the president of the say the cranberry thing and we we had we made it into a into a, 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 a community center for the township we had art classes going on there everything was going on there and then they they finally the school board took it took it away from us and and so the, the, they, for some reason, they, they said, I know what it was, they, they said that they had too many students coming in and they needed the classroom. Well, that was a lie. It never that did happen. They never used the classroom. So uh, what happened was that Parry Stave, that's, that's uh, George Stave in my place, was mayor of the town at the time. And she and, and, and uh, David Cook thought that they, 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 at that time they wanted to build a, a new municipal building to house all the different departments of it. And they were going to build a new municipal building and it would cost quite a lot of money, millions of dollars. And so Paris Tave came and said, why don't we use the old schools in perfect shape? So that was the perfect answer because now it's a, it's a town hall and that building will be there for another hundred years. And can you imagine if you looked out Schoolhouse Lane and you saw a parking lot in that the new school, which is not a very attractive school, instead of that beautiful example of a 19th century schoolhouse. 
it's there now. No, it really epitomizes the, the town. It's, uh, that's yeah. when I first got there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I digressed. No, that's, that's fine. Have you been involved in any other preservation oh, efforts? The Housing Association, I was wondering. I'm probably the only for, uh, uh, founding father left. All the rest have passed on. You're, you're 92 now, is that 92. right? 92, yeah. Okay, well, you look pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about your art career. Well, uh, you want to hit my button, that short biography? Sure, <laughs> tell me about your art short, career. Don't be I'm afraid. <laughs> it started off in, in, in 1929. 1929, I was, I was born. I was born in Montreal, Canada. My mother and father were in, in, in the theater, at Shubbers, and in those days, they had what they call, called stock companies. And there were about 200 stock companies in the United States that would travel from every town. Most every town had a theater in those days, most every town. So they were traveling and, and doing a play. And the play they were doing at the time was, was called, uh, oh God, I had it in my mind. Uh, it was about an airplane that crashed on, on the stage. And it was a very popular, popular uh, uh, play in New York, and uh, my mother was the ingenue, and she she was an actress, and my father was the art director and the scenic artist, and thing. And so, my father designed this plane that would crash onto the stage during the play with my mother in it, and with me inside my mother. Oh my goodness! I, so I have an excuse. I I can always use that excuse, my prop. And anyway, I I followed on in my my father's career. And I, I started off in a, in a scenic studio where the first uh, play, Broadway play, that was, was the de- detective story. And that was with, uh, oh God, that's the trouble being my age. Yeah, that's all right. Words. Anyway, it, it was a famous actor. Was in there. And Kirk, they did a movie of it, and Kirk Douglas played the same part. And that was first. And then there was another musical that I did up in Central Park. We did that. And now you were designing this? No, no, I was a scenic artist. Okay. Actually, painting, painting the sets and stuff like that. And then I went to, to ABC. To, I started, the television was just starting. Tele- ABC was, was, uh, was televising three days a week for three hours a day. This must three have been in the that early was, 50s? That was, yeah, the, the, it, it was in the 40s. 40s. About 40, 48 or 49. So about 48 was that. And we, 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 they took over on, on Central Park West, uh, on about 66th on Central Park West, there was a writing academy. They took that over and they made it into a television studio. And Do you remember what the shows were? Oh, Paul Whiteman, you ever hear of Paul Whiteman? He had an orchestra. orchestra that, that, was the, that was the big show that they had. But I only stayed there for about a year and then I went to NBC. And I, I stayed at NBC for about over 40 years. And I, you remember some of the shows you worked on there? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> there's so many. Did Richard II. We had this big studio in, in Brooklyn, on Avenue M in Brooklyn. I did many stories. I, one of the best, funniest shows, but the most pleasant shows I was, was the art. It was, it was the Jonathan Winter show. We, it was just a finish. Do you ever see Jonathan? He was a funny man. He was the fun. I, I worked with just about every comedy, comedian you can name, I worked with. And by far, he was the funniest. And not only the funniest, one of the nicest people that I worked with, Jonathan Winter. It's a shame that he, I think he had, 
so, so, something with, with this. Uh, well, you must I have can't. seen a lot of actors come and go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of... Well, in the I, Jonathan Winter show, did they have... I don't recall the sets. It's only a 15-minute show. It's a 15-minute show. And and the trouble was they had these writers would write them like they were writing for Sid Caesar and stuff like that, which is also I worked with Sid Caesar and stuff like that. But they didn't write for Jonathan Winter, so the show didn't last that long. But it was a beautiful show while it was going. But, but when he was off, he was never on. Never, I mean, he, he, he was never off, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. He was always on. And he, was, he was funnier off television than he was on television. You can't believe how funny this guy was. Anyway, that was that. And then I did Saturday Night Live. I was not, I, Saturday Night Live I did from the very beginning. The very beginning. I'm trying to remember what year that would have been in the 1960s. Yeah, about 75. Was 70, it that late? 74, 75, something, yeah. something like that. And we started off up in White Plains, up in a school up in White Plains, where all these people. I remember I went up there, we went up there with school buses up to the, to the place. And, and I remember the, the regular. The, Broadcasting announcer was saying, "What is this all? We couldn't figure out. We did, this was they had this uh, uh, prime time players or whatever they called. They wore these sort of bee uniforms that looked like bees, and, and Gilda Radner was there, and 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 John Belushi, John Dan Aykroyd, and and Morris. Uh, I can't think of the names. I of can them. picture his face. I know who you mean. Yeah. And, but were these people funny off stage? That the, the 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 nicest guy, and I thought was one of the funniest was was uh, was uh, oh Jesus, Bill Murray. Bill Murray was was very nice, very nice person, and a, and a, a very I thought he was funny. Dan Aykroyd was very 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 clever. He was very talented. Jack Dan Aykroyd and, and Gilda was was really funny. She was funny, and Bellucci. As strange as he said, I mean, he was really a nice guy. He was a nice guy. The one that nobody really cared for, mm -hmm. can you guess who it was? Mm -hmm. Chevy Chase. Oh. <laughs> You're giving him a thumbs down. Yeah. Was he just nasty or what? He, he, he was pompous. Ah. Pompous and, and thought who he was, who he was, who she was. And he was the least funny, as far as my opinion. But that, but it was fun working on the show. You you started on a Thursday, and I I had a crew of about nine people. Most of them were women, and they were all called Charlie's Angels after me. Really. <laughs> <laughs> when you and did the sets, would I mean, and all the skits, they seemed to have a different set. So did you have to do yeah. a lot of them for every show? Yeah, we started on a Thursday. We start working. They they give the designs and stuff. We start, they, and they set up the the stage entrance, set up all the scenery. Uh, up there. These these were these were stock sets that they had stock wings that they, they just bolt together and with, and then, then we'd go in and paint the things or whatever it was. A store like it was the the fam famous store that only sold Scotch tape. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> it was just that whole whole store of Scotch tape, and then it was the the the. Hamburger joint with the cheeseburger, the cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger. That's right. <laughs> that was with Bellucci and, and, and the, 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 all the other shows. Those sort of. But we started on a Thursday and went late on Thursday, and then came back on 
on Friday, and then Friday we really work like way into that past midnight, and then we'd go from from there we'd go to the Lexington Hotel on Lexington Avenue and stay there till, and then nine o'clock we'd come back and we'd work right up till eight eight o'clock was the the dress rehearsal, which was if you ever had to go to to, to uh, Saturday Night Live, that's the best show to go. The dress rehearsals are better to go to the, than the live show because they they have to cut things to pare down the, the show to the, the regular time. Do you still watch the show? No, I no? say I'm not like Oh. <laughs> it's still pretty funny. The, I had the best years. The best years with that group that I had, they, they, all those had, Eddie Murphy was there. He was only 19 years old. He was 19 years old, and he was so clever. Such a clever. Did you uh, get along with him? Billy Crystal, yeah. They were all, all very, very nice. They're all nice. They're just regular people. I like Bill Murray the best. That he was, he, he was really nice. And the Billy Crystal was there. He was very funny. They left so many, many. Uh, and they had a lot of mu- musicians as well. A lot of musicians. I, I saw that. Said the King of Soul. I, I, I can't remember his name. Blackfellow. And he was funny as hell. He had this guy that would put a cape over. Him. I was I was standing as close while he was doing his act as I am to you over there. Do you remember any shows where things went wrong? Yeah, in the early days, I did I did uh, uh, believe it or not believe it or not Ripley. You ever remember that believe it or not Ripley? Yes. And 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 those in those days, it was, everything was live. They didn't have tape. Tape wasn't invented yet, and and so they. They had a live snake on the all wriggling all right. As soon as they got on it, it didn't move. It didn't move. And you looked at the face thing. Was, was it dead? A lot of things like that happened. What happened to the snake? I guess they just took it back wherever it was. I, I thought you were going to say it got loose on the set, but no. that might be worse. No. So you miss those days. When did you retire? Oh, about over twenty years ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did they get you a send off? I was in. I was in. Uh, in uh, what I was at with Saturday Night Live for for the first ten years, and then I I left Saturday. I left NBC and went to Lincoln Scenic Studios and I started working on Sesame Street, and and I, and I, we did uh, Radio City Music Hall, the, uh, the 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 Christmas show. And I did. Did you ever see this Christmas show? Oh, sure. You yeah. know the big Christmas tree, and then the bottom of this is this 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 uh, stand that it's under. Well, I painted that whole thing. You did. And the, the rockheads would come out from under it. I had to make it look like drapey with fringe and stuff like that. You get along with the rockheads? You didn't. You didn't get to see much. In fact, when I was doing it, they. They weren't there, but the Radio City Musical is a very historic place. It's a, a really impressive. I bet you didn't know that during the war, Second World War, they had secret servicemen there all the time guarding Radio City Musical because the hydraulics were so advanced at Radio City Musical that they used them for the, for the aircraft carriers. The same one hydraulics that lift up the planes up the carrier was fr- from from the Radio City Music Hall stage, and that place was unbelievable. And you, you had to be careful because it, it, 
when they were lighting the show, they turned the lights on, and you put your hand, you couldn't see your hand. It's not, so they'd blow a horn so everybody stopped because you don't know if the, if the stage is dropping and stuff. And people have fallen in the stage during that time, so they blow a horn so you just don't move. You don't move until they turn the lights back on because you really can get really injured. But it, the hydraulics in the Curtis City Musical is unbelievable. Yeah, I, did, I didn't. It was a spectacular show. I may have been there when they had an ice skating rink, but I... The up and down platforms, I don't remember. We went once, remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's still, kids today still love it. I'm glad it's back. There was a period where Radio City closed for renovations. I think it was maybe in the early 80s. Well, it's but, an art deco. It's yeah. an art deco yeah. thing, and it's a beautiful stage. The, 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 the curtain. I knew the guy who designed, designed the curtain for the right certain so sort of. In the Christmas show, they had live animals too, right? Camels yeah. and they used to have that. But that, that you tell me that the three of the, it was funny because I never was there when they were actually the show was going on. Except, if I, it was like a replay of my father when, my, when I was a kid. My father took me to the Radio City Musicals because he was doing the sets for the Radio City Musicals, and we there, and then they had they had camels and they had all kinds of animals there for the nativity scene. That's what that was for. I remember that. I think they still do it. Yeah. 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 So your father did it and then you did it. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So that was nice. So your father did that all his life? Was that his whole yeah. career? Yeah. He, 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 he painted, he, he did, this, did drops for, the, for My Fair Lady and for, for the music band. Music band, I don't, did you see the play, play music? It's coming band? back. There's a big revival this fall. Well, there's a big locomotive that comes out to the scene and it's pulling these, these cars behind it and the salesman and they, they sing that song about salesman and he did the locomotive, he painted locomotive and then in Fanny, and you remember Fanny, the yes. musical Fanny? Well there was a, 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 it was a square rigger that comes onto the ship, on a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a drop that's on a traveler that moves onto the stage so it looks like this ship is coming right onto the ship, my father painted the ship, he did a lot of... A lot what was his name? Albert. Okay. Albert. And my uncle was, was a, had a scenic studio in Jersey City, and he he designed and and built and painted over twenty, more than twenty Broadway shows. And the thing that killed him, that I think killed him, he did. There was always what they called the the fly by night producer, and you you do it a set and a scenery and everything. They they oh, I'll pay you later. Don't worry. And then they disappeared, and you get stuck for the whole thing. And my, my grandfather, my, my uncle, Uncle Carl, Carl uh, uh, had this happen to him so many times that he got this one play, Tobacco Road. He, so he designed the set and, and painted and built the set for the second, and he wouldn't take 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 the uh, the ten percent that they, what they give you ten percent of the show instead of paying. He wouldn't do it this time. And what happened was the Tobacco Road was the longest running show ever on Broadway. Oh. And I think that's what filled my heart. Oh. oh my goodness. <laughs> One time he could have really couldn't get it. What do you think of Broadway now? When is the last time you saw something? I haven't been to, the last thing I saw on Broadway was uh, West Side Story and, uh, and, the, and the, the Phantom of the Opera, I saw that. Have things changed much in terms of the way they produce them? I mean, there's a lot more no, computer-generated stuff now, correct? Well, there's, 
they tried to do things like they, they, they do projections. There is projection work, but, but most of the stuff is done with, with painted scenery. Painted scenery. They, they tried at one time to have a computer, a computer paint the scenery. And they actually perfected a computer because the way you paint a drop, there's two ways. The old way we, my father used to do it, when my uncle had this large frame, this huge, huge frame that went in this in this studio that went through three or four f floors. It went up and down. You wind this thing up and it goes up and down like that. That and and you paint. You you have a bridge in the middle and you start painting as the the sets. You know whatever you're doing and then you let it go. But the way that they do it mostly today is the French way, and that's putting on the floor. They tack the, the, the uh, drop. In Radio City musical drops are 34 feet high and 70 feet wide. That's how big those drops are. They're huge, because that's a big scene. It's hard but, to picture painting something that big. But you paint it on the floor, and you, you, you put your brushes on a bamboo pole, bamboo pole, and you, you, uh, you, you have a palette with all the all your paints and those those that you paint with with powdered colors and and, and with a with a, a glue size which you, which you mix in with the powdered colors and you had every kind of form of color you can, color you can think of and you have it on a palette. I was also a paint boy. That that's what, that what as a kid was a, as an apprentice you mix up these bowls bowls of, of paint with the size and then you have a book bucket of sizes, they dip the brush in and paint, and then they paint, paint, paint the drops with the thing. Well, first you, you draw the whole thing out on the, on the drop, and then you ink it in with, a, with an ink, you ink the whole thing, so the ink sort of comes through, so you can always see you drawing. These seem like works of art. What happens to them when the show's over? Well, some of them, so there are people that buy these drops and, and rent them out, some, some, but I guess a lot of them are just into the, the, the junkyard. So was your training all apprenticeship and on the job? Did you go to art school? Yeah, I went to art school. I went to art student league and to Pratt, Pratt in Brooklyn. And studied painting or? Yeah, I, I, well, I, this, this is all afterwards. I, I did, did some, well, I, I had enough work, work doing painting at work. Did a lot of portraits. I did soap operas. Did another world? Do you ever remember yeah, another world? Yeah, I used to. I was the scenic artist on that. I used to do. I had. I did a lot of portraits of the, of the, the characters on the show. Do you ever work for the Metropolitan Opera? I've been at the Metro. Actually, I was a judge for for for, for the test. You have to take a test to get into the to the union, and I was in test, and we had in in. Well, let me tell you, the first opera, the Metropolitan Opera, it was on 41st Street, I think, 40 or 41st Street and, and Broadway. And and we, we when I had to take the test to be a scenic artist, I had to take it then. They had it right on the on the Met, Met stage. They put out these canvases, six by six foot canvases, and you had to, you had to, Everybody had to design a play, and then they mixed all the, the sketches up, and and you got somebody else's sketch, and you had it painted on the set on the on the floor on the, on the canvas floor, and and anyway, there I was right on the Met stage there, and for some reason I didn't think I should have sang. I should have gotten <laughs> up and sang, and I could always had that to say I sang at the Met. But I, that was 
smart enough to do that. <laughs> Anyway, there was that, and then in the New Met, which is in Lincoln Center, there, we, we, we had uh, the tests up there, and I, I became one of the judges at the test, and they had it in the rehearsal hall. They put all the canvases down for everybody. You, the first day of the test, you do design, you design, and then you had to do a light plot, how to light, you had to do the whole thing, and, and you had to know how to do all those things. And, and when, if you passed, you, you got, got into the, Union and became a scenic What's the name of the union? Uh, United Scenic Artists, Scenic Artists. 829. Uh, uh, and it's still around? Oh, sure. It's, 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 it's uh, all of New York and California, Canada, all over. So were you nervous with these tests? Was it really hard? Were you concerned? I can't remember. Yeah, I guess you did okay, though. Yeah, I did okay. Yeah. I passed. <laughs> and were you commuting from Cranberry this time? Yeah. Yeah? We always into Brooklyn into the Brooklyn studios. There. And Did you drive or take a train? Drive. Because yeah. we started rehearsals on, on Another World about 7 o'clock in the morning. That's when you start rehearsal. So you had to be there early. So you, I'm leave, leaving Cranberry about 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning to get there. And it's like driving in the living room because there's not a car on the road. Yeah. Anyway, it's all the way in. Uh -huh. It's empty, empty roads. Do you still drive? Yeah, but... No, a nervous driver, <laughs> a very nervous driver. <laughs> but I, I, I drive to my sister's house. Now I have to drive. She's in Merwick, so I have to drive to Merwick and back. How should you? Have, you have a sister. Do you have any other siblings? I have a, a, my brother died. My youngest, he, he was the youngest one. He died. He died because of a hospital neglect. Oh dear. That's, what are you gonna do? And are they? Were they in the arts? Was he in the arts? Too? No, he's a, he he he. he he was a teacher. He, he taught, and then he became an Episcopal priest. That's interesting. He was an Episcopal priest for most of his life, yeah. and they lived in Florida. What about uh, your Fort sister? Mars. She an artist? No, no, but she can. She she can. She's got the talent. She went to, to uh, music and arts uh, high school in 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 New York. <laughs>